This is a Sport Australia podcast production. Hello and welcome to the Sport Governance podcast series. My name is Kate Corkery and I am the Director of Sport Governance and Strategy at Sport Australia. Over this series, we will take a deep dive into the sport governance principles and how they come to life in practice. Each podcast will focus on an individual principle with a special guest joining me to share their experiences and practical advice with respect to that principle. In today's episode, we are focusing on principle two, the team, aligned sport through collaborative governance. This principle highlights that across a sport, boards benefit from working together to govern collaboratively and create alignment to maximise efficient use of resources and implement whole of sport plans. To talk with me about the team, I'm joined by Ben Houston. Ben is the Chief Executive of Sailing Australia and President of the Commonwealth Games Association. Ben has also been the President of Triathlon Australia. Ben, welcome to the team and thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Kate. Australian sailing is one of the leading examples of collaborative governance in Australian sports. Can you tell us how collaborative governance has strengthened the sport of sailing in Australia? Yeah, certainly. And I might start by talking about our one sailing model. So in 2016, Australian Sailing and our state and territory associations agreed to a new national operating model, which we refer to as one sailing. And this shared commitment was based on three principles a strong national governance mechanism, a more efficient management of resources, so specifically around centralising the finance function, the people function and our IT functions, and taking a more consistent and efficient approach to delivering services to our clubs, developing and delivering programs, and also providing and delivering national policies for our clubs. And this has allowed us to reduce the inefficiencies um, and costs associated with managing multiple organisations and those organisations employing staff. And by centralising the staff under one organisation, we can ensure that we've got the capability and the capacity in the organisation to meet our strategic priorities. So in terms of the opportunities through those three key pillars, what aligned and integrated systems, processes and people have you undertaken? Yeah, good question. And look, as part of moving to that one sailing model, we agreed to implementation agreements with with each association. And those documents regulate the roles and responsibilities of Australian sailing and the associations that, that are then underpinned by our constitution. But but as that name suggests, that's really only been the starting point for for one sailing. And now we're reviewing those agreements to ensure that they're fit for purpose as we move into a more collaborative approach, both with our boards, our state association boards, but also our state advisory committees as we look at deregistering those state bodies. And we engage with the associations in a number of ways, both in terms of the deregistration and what that means, but also as part of a key driver in maintaining the relationships and building those relationships with the boards and the state advisory committees. So you've spoken about the importance of the implementation plan and evolving that implementation plan going forward as the Australian sailing model is is more mature and more formal in its collaborative 
essence, what mm. other tools and techniques have Australian sailing used to build and maintain those relationships across all the boards in the country? I think the key, Kate, is that we're building trust through communication and engagement. And the, the Australian Sailing Board's doing that in a number of ways. Following each Australian Sailing Board meeting, the president, Daniel Belcher, meets with each of the presidents, so has a call with them that provides a forum, both in terms of, of transparency around the decisions that have been made by the Australian Sailing Board, but also allows a discussion on matters affecting the sport or, or changes that require the approval of, of those state presidents and their board. And this has been particularly important as we've navigated changes and decisions around the COVID crisis. The other way that the board is doing that is ensuring that we're collaborating on the development and implementation of our sports strategy. And the presidents and their boards are key stakeholders in working with the Australian Sailing Board to both develop our strategy, but also that group meets annually to discuss the strategy and our ongoing plans to implement the strategic priorities. So with respect to the, the, the issue of strategy and cohesive vision, how important has that been to one sailing? Uh, it, it's critical. And it's critical to have an aligned whole of sport vision. And that informs both the national strategy, how the national strategy is developed, but also the regional execution of that strategy. And again, the board is very conscious of developing the national strategy in conjunction with the association. And then they charge the executive team to develop the operational plans to allow the staff to execute on that strategy. And therefore, it's essential that everyone in the organisation and across the sport understands both the strategy and the vision. And that's critically important for the staff, so that notwithstanding where the staff are in offices around the country, they know that what they're doing is helping to achieve the strategic priorities for the organisation. You've just raised there the, the issue of across the country. So how do you recognise and embrace the diversity of geography and ultimately different priorities in those geographies across the sport? Again, I, look, I think communication is the key. And at Australian Sailing, we've done that in a number of ways. I think principally the fact that a number of the Australian Sailing Board have been past presidents of state association provides the board with an opportunity to look at the strategic priorities and the implementation of those strategic priorities through a, a regional lens. And I think that it also provides us with an opportunity to inform how we're delivering a, a broader um, plan across the country. And, and as I say, having staff that um, up until 2016 were employed by state associations means that having a whole of sport plan, being very clear about a member-centric approach to delivery of our strategic priorities is critical to ensure that we're both recognising and embracing the diversity that we have across our sport and across the country. But the other thing I'd probably flag is in moving to a one-sailing model, we've got to recognise that you know we are a national body that takes a leadership role in terms of the sport, but the state associations still play a critical role in informing both the strategy and how that national plan 
is developed and employed within each state and territory. Yeah, certainly states continue to play critical roles, um, no matter the structure set up in the, the sport at any one time. What benefits have Australian sailing realised since one sailing's been complete or, or through its transition? Yeah, and we are still very much through that transition um, process, Kate. I think look, there's a couple of things. In, in terms of the benefits, we have one voice for our sport. Um, we can take a top to bottom approach to pursuing the vision for our sport. Uh, our strategic plan is stronger through engagement with the state and territory boards and we have alignment and we have a more efficient model for our staff structures and processes. And have there been financial benefits associated with the transition? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, apart from anything else, we've reduced a lot of the duplication associated with delivery. Um, we no longer have additional costs associated with, with um, managing multiple staff through um, multiple organisations. So there is a, a, an efficiency gain in, in terms of, of one management. But more than that, it, it provides alignment in terms of, of the delivery, both the development and delivery of, of our strategic plan. So what would you say the key lessons have been throughout the alignment process? I think for me, the importance of communication with the state and territory presidents and their boards to ensure that we we all continue to share the one aligned vision for our sport is critical and that's certainly a key learning. I think we also need to ensure that we have alignment across our sport to ensure that we continue to take a member-centric approach to delivery of, of everything that we do in our sport and, and that we continue to work on engagement with all of our external stakeholders and with our state and territory boards to ensure that they remain aligned with our plan and vision for our sport. Thank you, Ben, for your time and your insights on the team and aligning sport through collaborative governance. You're more than welcome. Thanks, Kate. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to access a copy of the Sport Governance Principles, you'll find them at the SportOz website, sportoz.gov.au forward slash governance. If you have any feedback or questions, please email us at sportsgovernance at ausport.gov.au. My name is Kate Corkery and I look forward to you joining me for the next podcast in the Sport Governance series.